0: Go with D. I feel like Halo on the Miami Heat. The words I speak off this sheet are like a 3 P. don't just hop on a track. I bring running cleats. I'm a player for real, more than an athlete. Let like my mama tell it. Could have ran for the Senate. Instead, I penned it for Donovan Bennett. I'm cemented. This a deep dive. In your headphones of a long drive. Up close and personal, just like you side. They ain't no out of bounds here. No offsides. We going live in one, two, three, four, five. You are now tuned in to Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. Right, it is the Going Deep Podcast, and on this edition of the episode, we're going to go deep on an issue that is really important to myself and many Canadians, and one that's personally close to my heart, and normally you hear later in the episode, around the break my grandparents, Clifton and Lucille, celebrating me for having a show. Well, their daughter, my Aunt Pat, is one of the many Canadians that sadly we lost to MS, which is why the awareness about it and talking about it is really important. You'd be surprised potentially to know that Canada is one of the highest rates of MS in the world with over 90,000 Canadians living with the complex and unpredictable disease right now. One of them is Amber Brody, wife of Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman, TJ Brody. She was diagnosed with MS in 2016 after experiencing some troubles with her vision and losing some feeling from the waist down but it's something she feels compelled to talk about because of how prevalent it is even though for many people how private it is because it can be somewhat of an invisible disease if you aren't outwardly dealing with symptoms at the moment on average 12 canadians are diagnosed with ms every day 60 percent of adults diagnosed with ms are between the ages of 20 and 49 so this is a very much so a young person's disease and disability specifically when we're talking about women women are three times more likely than men to be diagnosed with the disease and actually 75 percent of people living with ms in canada right now in fact are women if you haven't heard of ms multiple sclerosis it's a neurological disease that affects the central nervous system and as i mentioned it can be unpredictable not just for the person who has it but for the people around them, people that they love, people that they're close to, to people who they take care of, and so that's why the story of the Brodies is so important, and that's why T.J. feels the need to be alongside his wife and not only speak up, but do something about it. One of the things they're doing about it is they partnered with A.W. Canada to celebrate the 15th annual. Burger to Beat MS Day. That's actually coming up on August 17th in support of MS. So essentially all it is is go eat a burger. For every teen burger that's sold across the country, $2 of that is donated to find a cure from MS. And we have raised $19 million thus far. And obviously we'd like to get to the goal of $2 million plus in 2023. So now you know the problem. And the potential solution, but I want you to empathetically hear and feel what it's like on a person, on a family to live with MS. So, on this edition of Going Deep, we have an in depth conversation with TJ and Amber Brody on their family's struggle and triumph with MS. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> How'd you two meet?
1: We actually grew up together. Um, TJ started playing hockey in the town that I lived in, and that was just kind of where everyone hung out when we were kids, and, yeah, so we started to get to know each other then, but we didn't start dating until our early 20s.
2: And what was that like? It was great. I mean, we, it was long distance. I was off playing hockey, and then, um, you know, obviously in the summer we got to spend some time together and get to know each other, and then, you know, I just went from there.
1: We quickly moved in, and I think people thought we were a little bit crazy, but here we are.
0: (laughs) Uh, When did you first start experiencing symptoms?
1: Um, Probably about a year after TJ and I started dating. Um, Yeah, it was super weird and super scary, and you didn't really know what it was. Um, But I was told that it was the first sign in women my age of MS. Um, So obviously it, it was shocking but
2: yeah yeah i mean from for okay. me it was obviously scary um you know at the same time everything you read it was autoimmune and stress made it worse so i was always trying to be the optimist and um sometimes i would work the other way and she'd get mad at me <laughs> and i'd cause more stress than i <laughs> wanted to but um yeah you know i think just not knowing how it would progress or, you know, what a year from now would look like or two years, you know, it's, um, something that, you know, you worry about. What scared you?
1: Um, probably the most was the burden. I didn't know, again, we were newly dating, so I didn't know if this was going to be a game changer for us or, um, obviously it wasn't. And I think that speaks volumes to who he is as a person. He stuck around and, is um, rock-solid support, always.
0: You end up proposing.
2: Any thought at all? No, no thought at all. It uh, didn't change anything um, in my mind. Um, you know, obviously, certain things we've planned for um, down the road just in case we need.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, yeah, I didn't have one single thought about MS when I was you know, contemplating it.
0: Was that an emotional time for you?
1: Oh, for sure. I think, I know like when TJ first proposed, I know my dad was kind of like, wow, it kind of shows what kind of a person he is. And like I said, he's a quiet, calm support system, which is exactly what I need. Cause I'm kind of an emotional, <laughs> I'm the emotional one. So yeah, it's, we make a good team that way.
0: When you started getting symptoms, did you go through a bit of a Google rabbit hole? Of course.
1: Yeah. I think just like anybody, it's, it's, um, it's a shock. It's, when you hear MS, you kind of you think all the worst things, and everyone's journey with MS is so different. Um, so that's, the, I think, the biggest struggle is you kind of have one perception about what it's going to look like for you, and that's not necessarily the case, so... Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think mentally too. It's, you know, everyone sleeps weird one night and, you know, they might feel off or something. So, you know, I know she would worry, you know, wake up and be like, oh, I don't feel right today. And it's, you never know if it's MS related or just one of those days where you slept weird and that's what it is. And I was always usually wrong, but I was always trying to tell her, like, maybe you just slept weird and
0: it's okay. (laughs) Does that aspect haunt you a bit at that time?
1: For sure. Um, I think that's the hardest. That's what I struggle with the most with the disease is the unknown, the uncertainty, The especially now having children. Um, it wasn't necessarily the having kids part. It was the am I going to be able to take care of them forever part. That was the scariest. Um, so that's definitely what I struggle with. But... It's day by day.
0: Having kids, massive decision. At the best of times. Yes. Never mind uh, when you have MS and when, you know, you're being treated. Walk me through the decision and, and what that was like.
1: There was no question that we wanted to have kids. It was just a little bit more planning on our end as far as going off of treatment to try and get pregnant and maybe changing different things in our lifestyle. Um, TJ definitely stepping up um, to do take on some of the, the the what's the word I'm looking for the I
2: have no idea what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> picking up the slack like yeah. if I'm tired and um, a little bit stressed out he's always there to to back me up so yeah but I mean I wouldn't go back
2: no yeah. and I mean you know you can't control it and you know, you don't want it to control your life. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you take it day by day and, you know, having kids is one of the best things you can experience. So, um... Yeah, we're very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Has the aspect of kids helped
1: in a way? For sure. Like on my good days, I completely forget I have MS. And I mean, they're a great distraction that way too. definitely fortunate and like I said like yeah my good days I forget I have it and on my bad days I I do struggle with different symptoms like fatigue and numbness and vision loss um, but yeah they're they're a good distraction in that way
0: imagine the decision to have kids there's multiple fears one what will coming off of treatment trigger and do and two mm-hmm. what will having kids trigger mm-hmm. and do how, how did you manage you know, those? potential, you know, uh, barriers to, you know, making this a Mm -hmm. bigger family?
1: I think with any type of diagnosis, it's like, like I like to say in a weird way, it's a blessing because it makes you change your perspective on life and like you just become much more grateful for everything that you have. Um, Yeah, we're just very lucky to have two beautiful kids and um, we just go day by day.
2: I mean, you did change you know, we try to, we started trying to eat healthier. Um, I feel like you're way more in tune with your body since it's happened.
1: Yes, Um, which sometimes is like a a good thing and a bad thing. I feel like every little thing I'm very aware of feeling wise. Um, But yeah, like TJ said, um, I have changed different lifestyle habits. I definitely follow a more um, anti-inflammatory diet and super active, which I think is helpful for anybody. Um, But that's just what has worked for me, and I'll just continue to do that in in the season of life that I'm in.
0: Sounds like an athlete mindset of attacking the problem, controlling what you can Mm -hmm. control. So what does that look like? What are the guardrails that you've set up for yourself to put yourself in the most optimal position for health?
1: Um, Well, when we lived in Calgary, I did a lot of cryotherapy, which just helps with inflammation, and now we actually have a cold tub, which has been super helpful. It's not the most enjoyable thing to do. (laughs) Um, But I I find that it helps for me with inflammation. And then like I said, like just eating um, things that reduce inflammation is huge for me. Um, And then as well as exercise. And like I said, changing the perspective of life. And I look at exercise now so differently as like this is something that I can do and I might not always be able to do it. So I'm very fortunate that way.
0: As an athlete, specifically the way you play and the way your game profiles, it's like, what can I do? How how can I, you know, change the scenario and the situation with this? Were you looking for ways that you can kind of lean in and make an impact wherever you could?
2: Yeah, I, I try to be, you know, the best husband and, and dad I can be, um, you know, obviously we're gone a lot. And when I'm home, I, you know, try to be there as much as I can and, um, you know, just support around the house. If mm-hmm. things need to be done, then you know, get up and do them. It's you know, a lot different than before. Kids, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, used to have a nap and stuff. You know, sometimes you're <laughs> just a little tired, but uh, yeah, you know, you sleep at night, and um, you know, it's it's been a lifestyle change, but,
1: yeah, but know, for made, the better. Yeah, yeah.
0: Part of the lifestyle changes her diet changed. Did
2: your diet change as well? Not as much. Um, <laughs> I'm more aware of what I eat and like through all the research like we've looked at so many things to see what we can like do ourselves to, you know, help her mm-hmm. and I think we I have, have changed since
1: You have, the, the but we definitely have a healthy life. balance too, I would yeah. say. Yeah.
0: For you at all seeing her go through it and struggle, was there ever an aspect of survivor's guilt where you're physically healthy, you literally work with your body at the highest level, and uh,
2: yet, you know, the person that uh, you love is struggling with their body? Definitely. Um, I feel like it's like anyone that's watching someone go through something, um, you always wish that, you know, you could just... Take the burden off them and you know do it yourself or do it for them um and then you know just the mental side of it there's days where i forget she has it and i don't even think to ask like how are you feeling because i don't even want her thinking starting to think about it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but i never i never want to put that sign in her mind
1: if it's not there already i know
2: there's days where she is thinking about it and you know it's it's exhausting
0: that uh, would lead to some potentially uh, bigger, more uh, perspective, emotional talks. Is that something that comes natural to you?
2: No. <laughs> I uh, deal with things a lot different than Amber. Um, I like to do it on my own, you know, sit back and think about it for a bit, where she likes to talk about it. So that's been one of the adjustments in our relationship, is me trying to almost come out of my shell and... Uh,
1: you know, I think it's helped, yeah, it more. helped us grow individually and as a couple. Um, but anyone that knows TJ knows that he's the quiet, calm, sturdy guy that's going like, to always have your back, and that's exactly what he is with the two of us. So,
0: Who's tougher in the cold tub? <laughs> I am, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you were philanthropic. Uh, before, Lighthouse Foundation. What's the genesis of that and how are you hoping to use that uh, as a
2: tool? Yeah, we started that um, right around the time we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always done stuff with cystic fibrosis and after she was diagnosed with MS, we wanted a way to be able to contribute to both. And, um, and then locally we wanted to support local athletes. So... Um, You know, it's been going good. We started a pickleball tournament to raise money. And then um, A&W approached us to do the uh, burgers to beat MS. Um, And, you know, it's always nice to give back to the community. Back home especially has been so supportive of me throughout my career that, uh, you know, any little thing I can do, um, you know, I want to.
0: You're doing a big thing because you're you're not just doing that, but you're donating uh, Mm -hmm. as a family to the MS Society here in Canada. Why was that important?
1: Um, I think obviously for research reasons, like as much funding as possible is gonna get us closer to a cure. Um, But definitely awareness, because for me, like when I was diagnosed, I didn't know anything about MS. So I think that's the um, the big thing for us is to just create that awareness, create the feeling that if you are struggling with this, you're not alone. Um, there's just so much information and support out there, so I think that's something that we definitely want to help bring light to.
0: All the way back to your time in Calgary, you were part of MS on Ice events.
2: What were those um, experiences like for you?
1: I think it was...
2: Yeah, it was good. It was it was a good way to get the community and the, the team out together. Um, it was just a gala to raise money and awareness, um, it was the first time we publicly talked about Amber's diagnosis mm-hmm. um, on camera.
1: Yeah, so it was a little bit emotional at the time and super fresh, but um, you kinda just gotta, you gotta bite the bite the bullet at some point.
0: Why did you decide to be public about it and continue to be public about it? You're mm-hmm. at a place where you know, if someone met you, they they wouldn't know because you've been able to manage the symptoms mm-hmm. right now. Why make that choice as a family?
1: Um, I think that's the one misconception with MS. Um, it's It can be such an invisible disease. So I think for me, once I finally accepted it as a part of my life, I just thought, why not? Like, there's so many people struggling, maybe thinking that they are alone or it's just a great way to create a community around something that's a little bit heavy.
0: Was it difficult to accept it?
1: I think at first, for sure. I think yeah. just, the, I guess more the unknown for me is the, the most difficult part. And
2: um, the process, because mm-hmm. she had her first symptom, and then-
1: It was years. Yeah, of-
2: then she had another one later, and like they had to do all the tests, which took even longer. And so like the whole time, since the first one we were like, it's a possibility that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But you never really find out definitively until way later.
1: Yeah, the waiting is the hardest and that's exactly the same with day by day is tomorrow could look a lot different than today. So yeah, I find that the waiting game is what I struggle with.
0: Can you describe the symptoms you had uh, throughout the years and yeah. what those flare ups were like?
1: Yeah, my first symptom, um, I started losing vision and i was told it was optic neuritis which essentially is inflammation of the optic nerve um and then it was about a year later this lasted for about a month or two and then i almost fully recovered from that um but then about a year later i lost feeling from my waist down for about a month and then since then it it was kind of like okay what do we do next? And next step was the MRI, which then showed, um, spots in my brain and spinal cord. And that's when they could, um, officially diagnose me.
0: And when you get that definitive Mm -hmm. diagnosis, what comes to mind?
1: You know what? It was almost a relief. Like it was almost like, okay, we know now instead of this, like up in the air, like, are we ever gonna know what's, what's going on? So it was kind of a relief and I feel like because it had been um, kind of years in the making, there was that time to process and accept. Um, yeah.
2: What was it like for you? Um, yeah, it's tough. Um, like I said, watching her struggle and not being able to help And the only way i can help is emotionally which i'm already not good at (laughs) and then when she was officially diagnosed i was on the road so you know you can't really do much through a telephone or facetime yeah it it, it was a tough time
1: i think that's the hard part about the lifestyle that we live is what like everyone's dealing with their own stuff in their lives but these guys got to go out and perform that night and you have no idea what's going on at home or what they're thinking about, and yeah, I think that was a difficult day, but.
0: Knowing that he is trying to go out and perform, did you at all try to shield him from taking it off?
1: Not really. Um, He wouldn't, I I just know he wouldn't want that. Like, he wants to be fully aware, and he's very good at compartmentalizing. when he's out on the ice, so, so no.
0: People in my job, we talk about pressure, playing in a Canadian market in this city. You know what it means to, you know, have playoff success as if it's do or die. Given, you know, what you've gone through, is it provided you know, some perspective in relation to what that really means? And doesn't mean.
2: One hundred percent. You know, you appreciate life away from the rink a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I think when you do that and you find a way to only worry about things that are in your control, on and off the ice, then, you know, it uh, gives you a way. Can we redo that? I just hear Churchy yelling. That's a great answer. That's
1: cool. But I feel like you're very good at. Um, Yeah. I feel like that's come with age, too.
2: It's come with age. I think going through what we went through with Amber and then just playing in the league for as long as I have, you learn that there's certain things that aren't worth worrying about because you can't control them. So Mm -hmm. all you can do is go out there, play the best you can, come home, be the best person you can, the best dad, husband you can, and whatever happens, you know, you deal with it when it comes. And, you know, tomorrow if you wake up, it's a good day and –
1: you mm-hmm.
2: go from there. Yeah. What's the experience like for you, being able to go
0: see him in a game, see what he loves, go with your children,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: something that maybe you didn't know you'd always be able to do. Uh, what's that like for you now?
1: It's exciting. I think, yeah, it's exciting bringing the kids too, and it just it lights up their face. They see dad in a totally different light. Um, they were scared at first when they saw yeah. him in his equipment. Um but yeah, again, like TJ said, like you just never know what tomorrow is gonna bring. So we're definitely living in a more um grateful life these days, I would say.
0: And has it changed your overall perspective on life?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Like TJ said, like you kind of it changes your perspective. You as like cliche as it sounds, it's just the important things in life are right here, you know? Uh,
0: What's it gonna be like uh, for you guys um, on Burgers to beat MS Day, uh, interacting with patrons and and Mm -hmm. people from the MS Society? What are you looking forward to most about that?
1: I think it's just such a cool way to bring community together for something that's so heavy. It's such a fun event and delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it'll be awesome. It's always nice to meet people and um, see familiar faces as well. Yeah.
0: Have you heard from people who have heard your story, who have said that it meant something to them?
1: I think, yeah, it's amazing too how many people, once they've heard my story, um, share theirs. And it also, it helps me. Like, you th- they think it's helping them kind of um, feel connected in a way, but it also helps me. So it's, I'm definitely grateful. I never want anyone to like not reach out. That's for sure.
0: And lastly, uh, ask you both, what if anything do you want people to learn from your story from um, what you had to deal with, what you've been able to overcome, and what you know you hope for the future?
1: I just think definitely that you're not alone, that there's so much support, especially through MS Canada. There's so much information out there and there's so much su- support through um, all their resources and that there is life on the other side of your diagnosis.
2: Yeah. I think also like, um, 60% of people diagnosed with it are between the ages of 20 and 39, 40. So, you know, that's a busy time in your life, whether it's, you know, marriage, kids, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever it is. Um, and you don't want, you know, that burden just To be on them Mm -hmm. that there is options Um, yeah
1: your life's not over you
2: need a good support system which we're very fortunate to have in our families yeah and um you know just talking about it helps well
0: we generally talk about athletes and their families legacy in a binary way based off of you know individual accolades and team success well Your family's legacy now is going to be much bigger than that. It's what you do for the community in Canada, specifically struggling with MS. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you
1: you. for letting us share.
0: Thank you so much to both TJ and Amber and their whole family who was so gracious to allow me to come into their home to hear and via this podcast tell their story. But the story's not done. Their philanthropic work. It's really impressive. In terms of the philanthropic endeavors that they mentioned they will be in our show notes specifically burgers to beat ms.ca is where you can go to donate directly or you can go to your local a w restaurant and have a great burger this has been a great conversation and hopefully it inspires you to help for a great cause
2: thanks for listening